I think it's How do you feel about it? About this mic and me <laughs> connecting. Feel about you. <laughs> Thank you. I feel pretty good about the mic. I think it's happening. Okay. We're what elseing. Okay. What else? What else? Welcome to what else? Thank you. Honored to be here. Uh, I will refer to you at the, for the moment as Karen Backey. That might be the first time I've ever heard you say my name. You have a middle name. It's L, something with an L? Yeah. What is it? Lynn. Lynn. Okay. Are you named after anybody, either of those names? Um, Karen is after a movie a character, Okay. I believe. All right. And the story about Lynn is um, my mother was in labor for an extraordinary amount of time, days. <laughs> she claims that she was under a lot of drugs. And um, when they asked what the baby's middle name was going to be, she's, well, my aunt's name, who was living, was named Lynn. And she brought that up and said, oh, yeah, no, that's it. And then later she was sorry. <laughs> and she never went back to change it. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you think she was sorry about it? Because it wasn't supposed to be my middle name. Oh, did she have something else? In I think she said Diane. Okay. Would you prefer that? or you? No. <laughs> I don't like either one of them. I actually usually okay. just... Do you, do you have one in mind? Have you thought about it? If you pick one? <laughs> when I was younger, I would rattle through a number of names trying to figure that out. And sure. And played around with like, you know, what would the, you know, my initials be? Oh, sure. Because, right. But mm -hmm. in the end... Yeah, I just don't use it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Although just recently I became friends uh, with this woman. Um, she's another mom at Lincoln who's named Karen, and she's Karen Berman. So she and I were kind of laughing that we both are Karen B's. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> after we'd been friends for a couple months, we found out both of our middle name is Lynn. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty good. Sign of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Right. It's like carbon dating someone, right? To go back to right. what their name was. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and you have... It's, can we talk about your family for a minute? I like to get a little background on people. Sure. You okay? Yeah. Okay. You have... It's okay. convoluted. It's all get out. Right. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah. yeah. Right. Yes. It's, yeah. It's a complicated... Thing as I understand, we'll, we'll talk about a little about. You want to talk a little about that? Sure, I don't care. Okay. I was going to ask you about siblings and stuff like that, but yeah. you can maybe you just want to talk about it for a minute. Well, so um, my biological mother and father uh, separated when I was one, and uh, my dad um, was a rocket scientist and was working on the Apollo missions. And at the time, what year were you born? Sixty nine. Okay. And uh, she left him and got married one more time, and that didn't work out either. And at that point, um, her sister, my aunt, and her husband um, stepped in and had me move in with them and their two-year-old, Josh. Mm -hmm. And there was a baby on the way. And, um, and then they raised me. So those two I consider my siblings. I mean, my sister, Sarah, she she's doesn't know. She's how much know. younger than you? So she's seven. I was seven. So she's seven years younger than me. Oh, wow. Okay. And how and, and Josh is five years younger. Okay. So he went from being an only child to being a middle child. Right, yeah, from being the, yeah. <laughs> um, but he and I were always really close um, and, and still are, so that's nice. Um, 
And, uh, you know, my mother and I, um, she's married again and, well, for a long time now. Um, and we see each other sometimes. And dad got married a few more times. And I saw him for a while very regularly during um, breaks. And then it got to it got to a point where it was really unhealthy, and he, um, I stopped going out to see him. And then I didn't see him from the time I was a senior in high school until I was 38, um, when I brought Atticus, my son, mm-hmm. out to meet him. And uh, and then I saw him. No, that was the only time I saw him. Then the next time I saw him, he was I had gotten the call that he was in hospice and. I got on a plane the next morning, and he died apparently the moment my plane landed. So I didn't see him again. Yeah. Did you? So you saw him regularly when you were like grade school and mm-hmm. and junior high and yeah, and then into high school and that's okay. yeah. And he lived where? He lived oh, for a while. He was out in California, okay. and then he when I was I don't know maybe. Nine or ten, he mm-hmm. he changed to um, Cape Canaveral. He was down in Florida, mm-hmm. and then in high school, he went back to. He was working out of Vandenberg um, in California, and then he was working on some like secret mission stuff that, you know, when I would talk to him, he'd make jokes Military about how space he shuttle. completely <laughs> he would joke around about how he'd have to kill me if he told me. Yeah. and then after he died, and I was going through all his stuff. It was like, oh wow, he yeah, he actually was. <laughs> I mean, his, so you have the classified. I have some crazy and... stuff, <laughs> which I've boxed away for Atticus. Great. <laughs> his wife um, said that there was a while where, like, she claims that like the FBI was keeping tabs on them because he was kind of running back and forth between that base, working on the stuff for the Skunk Works. Um. And they opened a pizza parlor, and they were like, kept checking to see, like, is this pizza parlor like a front for? Right. Are there a lot of Russian guys coming to the pizza parlor? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So did it feel, um, like, did you just, it sounds like you moved in when you were, you said you were seven Seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Seven. The summer before third grade. Yeah. And then it just, did it feel like in your recollection, do you feel like, yeah, that was just became the thing and I did the thing? Or did you feel like some kind of, I don't know, Funny push enough, and pull about it? Uh, no, at the time, I my memory of it yeah. was positive. Um, it was when I was with my mother before that and her second husband, he was finishing his degree at Madison and so we lived on a farm, like a, in a farmhouse that was rented from a farmer that had multiple farms. So we're just like in a farmhouse, literally out somewhere outside of Madison. Yeah. And um, that was from when I was like four and a half to seven. And um, I mean, there were no kids out there. There's, there's no nothing. You know, I'd bus to school and then I'd bus home and I'd just be home by myself and yeah. just had my dog. Yeah. So. Um, to go from that to um, moving to Wilmette and, you know, being around a thousand kids on the block and having a family that's home all the time and a brother and a baby sister. I mean, for, I think it. my memory was that it was grand. 
<laughs> it was it was awesome. Right. Um, yeah, I became best friends with the girl right across the street, and we were together all the time. I mean, it was just a totally different world. Yeah. Um, I didn't start having, you know, abandonment issues <laughs> until, like, mm, sometime in high school, I would say, when it started kind of to strike me like, wow, my parents just kind of sayonara right. <laughs> out of there which of yeah. course it was all very complicated and sure. because you know they were also not happy that i wasn't living with them right but yeah it, it was you know awkward and strange do you think that was more of like an sort of intellectual thing on your part or whatever i mean it sounds like you were still like nothing changed in your home environment at that point it was just you started to think about it differently or... yeah i think so yeah. i think um you know probably just sort of a teenage you know and beyond that it was also at that point um i'm trying i'm just i'm slowing it because i'm kind of like yeah. trying to rec- <laughs> dial back the tapes and remember yeah. the timing my father got married um I can't remember exactly when, but I mean, it was maybe it was in the early '80s. Maybe I maybe I was still junior high. I don't can't remember. But um, you know, I got like a wedding announcement with like a snapshot of the two of them, and it just I remember it striking me as like, wow, okay, I don't even know who this woman is, which actually was not, uh, you know, strange for him to <laughs> tell me after the fact. <laughs> One of the times I went out to visit the stepmother I knew was gone and there was a new stepmother <laughs> like I met her when I walked in the door <laughs> um, but um, I think that that like between that and then also my mother at the same time she had lived in Chicago um, and I would see her some weekends um, and uh, uh, yeah I mean she was really young she was young when she had me so I mean she was kind of having her own party and i I saw her whenever, and uh, she ended up meeting someone and moving out to New Jersey to mar- and married him. And um, I think that that's when it just started feeling like, you know, between that and your friends and talking sure. about going to college. And I don't know, there was just a lot of things that started to kind of boil. Yeah. And Which I think they do anyway, but exactly. they in those circumstances, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. What kind of kid were you? Were you like a rule-following kid? Were you a troublemaker? Were you? Um, Do you remember? Do you? Feel- um, I think that I was a little bit. Well, I know, but <laughs> I was a junior high, in high school. I know I was a troublemaker. I was definitely a talk back in class um, person. Thankfully, a lot of teachers liked me, <laughs> but um, I. Uh, I think that because I had a foundation that felt so lonely, that um, school for me was such a social um, place, um, nirvana, <laughs> you know, that I was unconsciously playing catch up and all of that was kind of paramount in my life, mm-hmm. um, much more than academics or anything. Yeah. What did you like doing when you were a kid? Like, what was fun stuff for you? Um, 
definitely being outside. I definitely was big outside. I didn't watch. Uh, this always comes back to haunt me, but I didn't watch TV a lot. So mm-hmm. when people throw out like Brady Bunch references and all of that, um, Scooby Doo, I can I can recount um, <laughs> a lot of the TV shows through the seventies and eighties. I have no idea. I was not a big TV person, but um, I like being outside and beach a little bit, pool a lot. I would go to the pool almost every day that it was open in the summer and um, a lot of times would take my younger siblings with me and have like one on my back and one on my <laughs> one in my arm and we'd That's go great. swimming. Um, and then, you know, a lot of running around the neighborhood, sl- mm-hmm. slumber parties. And like I said, it was, I was definitely social. Yeah. But I was also odd. You and, were? Uh, yeah, okay. I was. <laughs> I In mean, I know ways. that now. <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I didn't know that then. <laughs> um, I mean, I think partly it was just not having some of the social graces. Because um, I was sort of raised by dogs, <laughs> you know, for a while. Um, and uh, And also the sort of like... Not necess- Even though I had a family, I, there was just always this not feeling like I w- was completely belonging anywhere. Um, there was a part of the extended family on one side, on the not blood side, my um, uncle's family. A number of them were um, really horrible to me, sometimes to my face, that I didn't belong there and I was taking up too much attention from mm-hmm. the other kids and... They were kind of That's awful, good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know. I kind of, uh, kind of, you know, marched to my own drummer. And uh, looking back, and this has only come up recently, um, just in seeing old friends and being reminded stuff like, you know, I used to <laughs> like keep a bathrobe in high school. I'd keep a bathrobe in my locker. And when I get to school, I would change into the bathroom because that was more comfortable for me. (laughs) So, I mean, I think that, um, yeah, it was kind of odd. (laughs) You know, and I think about the friends that I had. I mean, they definitely were not the jocks. They were not the theater crowd. They were not the, although, you know, I had a couple friends here and there, you know, from different crowds. My core group was just sort of in the same vein, just sort of our own bizarre misfit <laughs> group that were really tight and, and happy. I mean, it's funny to that, think that yeah. I actually had a, a great high school experience. Yeah, It's funny to think that now because I feel like, how, I don't know how, <laughs> but, but it was good. That's great. <laughs> Seems like you're still, like, you like outdoor stuff now still, I do. right? I do. Yeah. What are your favorite activities nowadays to do? Still uh, lots of water stuff. I like to swim. Um, I'm always happy when the summer comes around. And I started rowing a few years ago, which I love. I love being in the water, um, kayaking, yeah, hiking. Can, can you talk about, let's talk about the rowing thing for a second. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you like about it? Like what appeals to you, do you think? It's a good question, which I've asked myself as well. <laughs> um, there, It's... um. It's a lot tougher, which sounds stupid, but it's a lot tougher than I was expecting it to be. I mean, I sort of figured it to be um, physically difficult, which it is taxing, but 
it's way more mentally involved than I ever expected. The techniques and um, even the slightest being an inch off uh, where you have the oar can really change the boat. Um, and you need to be in sync with everyone and mm-hmm. um, the timing and all of that. Um, so there's a lot to work on and feel. And I also just, again, like being on the water and um, there's a great camaraderie on that team, too. I mean, everybody's out there just to both have fun and, mm-hmm. um, you know, feel good physically and and try to improve um and and plus you know just being on the chicago river and all that that entails is you know often hilarious (laughs) so that's a good um bonding to that (laughs) and how often do you do it these days i i go three times a week um yeah three times a week and for an hour and a half sometimes i mean Sometimes I feel like it's not enough. I mean, I, yeah, sometimes I feel like it's not enough. <laughs> not enough to, like, soothe you mentally or to satisfy you in that way or not enough in some other way? It changes. Sometimes mm-hmm. I just feel like I want to get better. Okay. You know, I feel like I've had a really good row and I really mm-hmm. made some strides. And I think, ugh, I've got to wait until Saturday for the next row. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Are you? Have you had other pursuits in your life where you were practicing some skill like in that way and and right no i haven't and i um <clears throat> and i when i chose before i chose rowing it was because why this sort of life-changing summer and that um on a whim i had found this i can't remember if i had mentioned this to you before but the um adult aquatics camp it's just like a park district camp and i saw it in the catalog when i was looking for camps for my kid I'm like, what is this? And why have I not noticed this before? And some friends and I did it. And um, basically, you just you show up in the evening, on a summer evening on the lake, and you've got this sort of bevy of college guys who are your counselors, and they say, all right, what do you want to do? And then you say something like, I think I'll paddleboard for a while, and then I want you to take me out for a sail. And they're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and it's great, and there's just this... Uh, it really feels like summer for that 90 minutes you're out there and the sun's going down and it's just beautiful and you're you have a date you know with friends that you're going to be out there doing that mm-hmm. and it was a real life-changing summer of well, I need to find something that is just on the schedule and that I can pursue and maybe it's something that's an activity that I can really you know pursue <laughs> yeah and um I thought let me let me look into water things because obviously that's always where I I like to be, um, and uh, I just remembered ah, I used to see the people rowing in front of Lincoln Park Zoo. There's I mean Chicago. There's got to be some kind of rowing something, and that's what started it. It's so interesting. So when you that first summer, did you know anybody who was going, or did you just meet people when you went to the camp? To 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 the camp, um, I didn't know anybody, but I did tell some friends, and they joined me. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then we'd go out for you know we'd pick another Evanston place to go for snacks afterwards, and <laughs> again, it was sort of a date yeah. that we all had on the calendar that we'd see each other. And it was what like once a week. Yeah, once a week. That's great. 
Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, join us. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. <laughs> it's really great. It's a really good idea. No, it sounds really great to me to, yeah. to have a built-in thing, right? I mean, exactly. I don't know if you find this, but like, I think it seems like being a quote-unquote grown-up involves a lot of things that, that can inhibit your ability to set aside time to mm-hmm. do a fun thing or it's easy to end up pushing stuff around. But it sounds like if you kind of make it commitment... Exactly, exactly. And you're at least guaranteed that right opportunity to goof off or get fresh air or whatever it is. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's been really great. Uh, I'll I, send you the info. Yeah. So it sounds like you're – are you a summer person in general? The funny thing is, is that um, – I enjoy those activities, and like I used to dive all the time. I haven't, I haven't since I got pregnant, um, which was now a long time ago. <laughs> um, but I actually hate the heat. <laughs> okay, I really don't like it. Um, I would rather be in like you know, I'm most comfortable. I'd say in like forty to sixty-five. Okay, like when it starts hitting eighty, I'm just yeah. I'm out and 90s 100 I'm homicidal <laughs> it's like <laughs> you and a lot of other people in this city <laughs> it's so interesting okay do you have winter what are your winter activities eating uh-huh. and cartoons <laughs> I actually every year say to myself this is the year that I'm going to try cross country cross country skiing yeah exactly and then the winter goes by, and I've never had done it. I'll do it with you next week. Okay. And you know what? I will, the next step after that, I want to try biathlon. Which is oh, the shooting, the cr- right? Yeah. The cross country, and then the shooting, right? Are there places? There must be somewhere to do that. I mean, right? it's like the next step is Bond Girl. After that, <laughs> sponsor. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but you're like a walker, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. How often do you? Sometimes I'll go for a stretch where it's daily. I walk or for a while I was running too, but I've cut back on that. When you go for a just average, like when you go for a walk, is a 10-minute walk or an oh, hour no. walk? or like At a, least an hour. Really? Yeah. Yeah, so, an hour sometimes. Yeah, I'd say usually four to six miles. Talk to me about what you like about that or what you get out of it. If you it's kind of. I mean, it's all back to the water. Um, I usually walk on the lakefront, and um, there's just something really centering for me. No matter how stressed or tired or creative block, whatever, that I might be having and stuck in my own head, once I get out to that lake, um, it's just, I don't know, the everything about it just, the not seeing anything on the horizon <laughs> and the sound and the smell and just sort of the openness of it all. Um, it really, um, I can think of no better word. It just, I feel like it centers me really quickly and just um, sort of allows me to let go of a lot of things and organize or compartmentalize other things. Um and yeah, so I find it just meditative to be out there. Do you find yourself 
consciously thinking through things and organizing them? Or is it just that, is it more like in the background things settle? I would say both happen. Okay. Sometimes it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like any, it's probably like any kind of meditation, which frankly I could never do just sitting still. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm sure it's along the same lines that it sort of starts in one place and then my mind just kind of does its own thing after a while. Sometimes it still is kind of freewheeling and mm-hmm. going all over, but I think that just the energy expended yeah. in doing that, the mental energy is um, cathartic. Do you, um, are you a person who can sort of think about their situations or problems or whatever in life and kind of figure them out? Like I know there, there's some people I've known who kind of say, hmm, I've got this problem or this thing's bugging me or I've got this dilemma or decision in my life and they're able to sit down and kind of like, whatever, have a drink and like crunch the numbers in their head or, you know, crunch the logic and then they come away and 30 minutes later they're like, okay, I've decided I know what I'm doing or whatever the thing is. Right. right? And then other people, I think, doesn't work that way it's not a thing where you can sit down and compute it it just has to i feel like i'm someone who um has a strong intuition and gut and then i will overthink it (laughs) after that um and often come back to the same place but not always sometimes Mm -hmm. the overthinking it and even just in that same kind of meditative state that expels sort of all that extraneous nonsense and I kind of come back to somewhere a little more peaceful and often that means like um, narrowing something down or you know making it keeping things in perspective not sure if that answers your question so much yeah so I'm interested in that part about sort of reading your own intuition or gut feeling about Mm -hmm. things do you think that on many things you do have a, a gut feeling? Uh-huh. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Let me tell you a hilarious anecdote about Please. my gut from the other day. <laughs> 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 Which will throw this all out the window. Yeah. <laughs> so Friday night, we're rowing, and um, we're passing the Belmont Bridge. And I see a guy under the bridge, which sometimes you'll see... Well, a lot of times you'll see teens smoking weed, but sometimes you'll see some guy somewhere under a bridge. <laughs> and, um, but this one in particular like, really struck me because he just seemed a little creepy, and he was standing right there's on one side of the bridge underneath was some chain-link fence, and he was standing right at the fence and staring out and at us and at the water, and there was just something striking about it that stuck with me. So the next morning we had another row, and we passed the Belmont Bridge, and there's a cop in that spot on the, on the beach just kind of looking around and scouring. So, of course, I immediately think, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> wonder what that's about. And when we pass by again 45 minutes later, not only is he still there scouring, but now there are maybe five or six more cops under the bridge and the woman who's the director for our pro, um, rowing program is in a launch, you know, a, a boat right next to the bridge out in the water. 
<laughs> so I'm immediately thinking, okay, I'm going to be like, this is going to be like a law and order, and I'm going to have to go talk to the cops and tell them, like, okay, this is what the guy looked like, and, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. We get to the end of our practice, and we go into the boathouse, and I wait around for the director to come back, and she comes by, and I said, uh, I asked her, um, hey, so what was that cop activity over, um, you know, at Belmont? And I only asked because last night I saw, you know, this guy, and it just felt a little wrong. And she said, oh, it was just that there was um, a mother and a bunch of baby ducks that got separated. So the the cops were trying to find the baby ducks. Spot on. Right? (laughs) Finger on the pulse. It's so good. Right? It was pretty great. So good. So good. So when it comes to your... When you're making decisions about your life, Mm -hmm. are you... Do you rely a lot on your intuition and gut feelings about things, or how do you how yeah. do you break those things down? I would say, yeah. Um, I think also from my <clears throat> childhood, I'm able to compartmentalize um, maybe to uh, a degree that's not so great, <laughs> um, but I can really separate stuff out, um, and. Uh, Maybe that's always maybe that's always the conflict of like because you, your intuition is you know is emotional and and the, my brain is always sort of trying to piece all that out and back together. Are you able to compartmentalize? Like I know people who are able to um, maybe be sort of profoundly sad about something or mad or whatever it is, but then are able to function day to day as if none of that's going on and seem genuinely to the outsider to be able to be fine. And then other people are not, and they are sort of overcome by their feelings and can't, can't put on a game face, even if they wanted to, not that they should or shouldn't, but you know, Yeah, I, I definitely can do that. I can I can definitely put it aside. So you can be super sad or super angry or whatever, mm-hmm. and then just kind get, of go about get your it business. done, <laughs> get get whatever needs to get done, get done, and I uh, mean, and pleasantly pro- and and interact with other people. Like so, not mm-hmm. just like uh, yeah. accomplish some goal, but you mean right. like actually be able to like if getting it done means mm-hmm. be nice and chipper at this get together and be friendly to people and stuff you're right. able to actually do that for sure yeah it's interesting sociopathic right? <laughs> no i don't think so right no i hope not i mean it sounds like you're not saying that you don't have the feelings you're just able to yeah yeah i can put them sh- away yeah put them away and do for sure operate in this other mode yeah the funny thing is is that by the same token if i feel that someone is in some way, I don't know what word to use, not great. <laughs> I'll just go with that. Okay. <laughs> it's extremely hard for me to feign um, pleasantry mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, okay. Which I feel like 
those two things don't necessarily go together. But when it comes to, um, yeah, integrity or um, just when I feel someone in principle hasn't done the right thing, yeah, it's it's very hard for me to put that aside and and pretend that everything's cool. Mm-hmm. Although I did have to do that very recently, but. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think you did? Uh, I think I actually did really well. I did feel like I took the the high road. <laughs> but um, for years, I've thought if this woman were to even approach me, I would definitely just to her face tell her to go have herself. <laughs> I was been ready for years to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she did something just extremely unethical and uh, and really she stopped me. Um, and very unprofessional. Mm-hmm. And um, I was at some networking thing and I saw her and I thought, oh my God, I'm, you know, please don't, you know, talk to me. And then I had to ended up having to talk to her. And then after the whole thing was over, the couple people who were with me said, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that she was, you know, you know, did you have to talk to her? Yeah, I was fine. And then that same woman came over and asked me for a ride back to Evanston, which I thought was just an astounding uh, display of cojones. <laughs> but I said, sure, I'll give you a ride. <laughs> do you think in that case, do you think she knew that there was some voodoo between you or was she just like, oh, see, everything's fine. Like, can I get a ride? To honest to God, um, I think it's just in her personality to maybe not care. Right. And just be transactional. And, uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Are you a grudge holder? Um, I can be with uh-huh. someone like I, the same kind of thing. Although I guess in time I sort of let things smooth out, but mm-hmm. there's always that little piece of just, I guess, distrust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a lot of friends from when you were young? I do. Um, yeah, I have a bunch of friends from like junior high and, and high school. I'm obviously not um, mm-hmm. so much grade school, a little bit, but yeah, I didn't really, those didn't stick as much as the junior high and high school, but those those people I still see very yeah. regularly. Um, and then at reunions, at high school reunions, I've made connections with people that I didn't know back then okay. and become friends with them or mm. like reconnected with someone who I wasn't that close with, but now we hang out. And recently I thought, oh, how many people from my, <laughs> it doesn't seem right that I should be friends with so many people from high school. <laughs> but that was. You're going to be friends with somebody, right? Right. Right. But you, you all kind of win the uh, prize on that. I love that that your whole gang has been friends for so long. I think that's just so yeah, lovely. Yeah, a core of like five or six yeah. people that have known each other. I mean, it's interesting when – I mean, maybe – I don't know if you've have you experienced this with your group. Or, do you ever think like, what if I met them right now? Mm. If I didn't know the person <laughs> and I just met them as right. Is right now, how would that – right connection yeah half of them i'd probably think you're totally nuts (laughs) and this conversation is over but right i mean that history right Right. here's the uber app um (laughs) yeah i mean it's funny how the history really i don't know if you have the same thing where the history really kind of locks you in i mean 
you know, some of those people are really like other siblings for me. I mean, and like I said, you know, before, that was sort of my family. Um, yeah. I mean, this is a thing I've thought about recently is how do you, with a group of friends, and they could be, you know, long, long time friends or maybe even not so much, but how do you array a set of people and deal with them such that people have room to change and grow mm-hmm. and improve. Right. And that you have the room to do the same thing and they do. And so that seems to me to be a particular sort of trick of, you know. Yeah. Relationships in general, I guess. Yeah. I mean, again, I just, I feel like um, some of those people, you just, they get a pass. You know, mm-hmm. whereas, I mean, like, my husband with a couple of my old friends, like, has so little patience for them. And I, and it's funny because I'll see them through a totally different light that I never did. Yeah. Because that's just mean. who that is. You know, that's just, you know, so-and-so. And right. He's like, oh, my God, how do you? <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know, and you put it that way. Yeah, that that is super thoughtless or that, yeah. you know, or whatever. But yeah, that's I'm, my that's racist uncle. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, and where's the line where you decide, I'm not going to put up with that? You know, I mean, I guess it's just, there's a lot of factors, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel yourself changing? Do you feel like... Um... I think that that's really hard for me to ascertain. I mean, uh, if anything, I think I'm probably more diplomatic, which is probably frightening to hear. (laughs) I mean, when I hear stories about, you know, me in high school, (laughs) for instance, like this very close friend of mine, and she was dating a guy that I couldn't stand. And there was one night they were all just kind of sitting around talking and eating and he said something I thought was obnoxious and I just looked at him with like whatever was in my f- mouth and I just spit it right in his face. <laughs> I was told that story recently. I mean, I totally remember it. And I remember, you know, finding it amusing and some of the other people at the table finding it very funny and of course he was absolutely furious. And I think back to that and think like, jeez, <laughs> I was bold. It's a baller move. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe maybe that woman at the networking thing, maybe if I had a drink in me, maybe I'd spin her face too. <laughs> maybe I haven't grown at all. That's not a wrong answer there. Yeah, I think it's... I think the same thing. It's very hard to assess. It's very hard to, I think by, you know, faultiness of memory and then obviously perspective and it's it's hard to know. Right. Um, Let's talk about um, creative stuff for a minute. You're a person who likes to do stuff and make things, things, (laughs) right? What do you really like to make? Like what's, or currently, like what's most satisfying kind of thing for you to make? Um, I do like, um, some of the, I like the space work that I've been getting into and sort of making spaces 
look and work better, um, whether that be, um, you know, I mean, it's not like logos and branding are sexy and um, certainly not creative, but um, when I'm hired to come into a space and take a look and say, um, hey, what should we do with the space? And I say to them, this atrium could be a holiday inn <laughs> because you've done zero to make it your own and take the equity of your brand. And I enjoy coming up with interesting ways to um, articulate that. Um, again, it's not super creative, but at the same time, there's just something really satisfying for me about it. Mm -hmm. And I guess also just working with materials since my first um, career in advertising was all, you know, on, on the page mm -hmm. to start working in three dimensions and and work with, you know, all kinds of different people. Yeah. Um, it's it's really cool to create an experience and one that's going to last. And So on the work front, <clears throat> uh, you've worked on a bunch of, like, museum space mm -hmm. things, right? And, yeah. And stuff like that. Um, what do you like to do so not work-wise? If you're just, it's a weekend and you're like, I got the itch to, to make something like what would that be i you know there was something i did in grad school um we had an ongoing assignment in grad school that i really ended up loving probably more than anything we did mm -hmm. um you weren't supposed to spend a lot of time on it but every week you had to do a i don't know what else to call it you had to create a journal entry and that journal entry could be Anything in the world, it just had to include type somehow. And so um, there was one that I'm just trying to remember the ones that I had done. And, and not that these any of these are earth-shattering. I'm just to give an example. Yeah. Um, one, like, there were these gloves I really loved, and I lost one. You know, warm gloves. And I lost one. And um, so the one I had left, I, like, cut it cut into it so that I could put type inside and you could sort of open it up like a little gift and read something inside about losing the glove. Mm. Or like there was one that I did where there was I had this really vivid dream about being on a bus that was going over the side of a cliff, which is actually a recurring dream of mine, um, <laughs> being in a car or a bus going over a cliff on into the water. And... Um, and it was really a frightening dream, of course, until we hit the water and then I was able to get out of the bus right away and it turned out that I was only in knee-deep water and I could just walk right into the shore. And I created this um, book to tell the story um, where I found like this transparent, translucent-ish paper and kind of did like patchwork stuff and sewed things and all kinds of, I mean, so those kind of, this journal idea of just creating something mm -hmm. out of just one moment from the week um, was really exciting and cool and um, rewarding. And I've said to myself for years, I really want to get back into doing that. And quite frankly, just trying to run my own business and have a family and kid and 
it just never happens, but it's always on the back of my mind that, okay, when I start opening up a little bit of time and have like the physical space also to mm-hmm. do that, I'd really love to start doing that again. And just you make one and then just put it away somewhere Yeah, <laughs> to look at later. When you make stuff, do you, do you know when it's done? <laughs> That's... That's an excellent question for any designer <laughs> because, yes, it's never done. <laughs> when I was interviewing for a job a few months ago, someone I was asked that same question. And I said, by the way, after working on 9-11, like three years later, I was talking to the woman I was working You're for. You're referring to the museum, the not, museum. The, yeah, not I'm sorry. the plot. Too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really wish I could have pulled that together a little better. <laughs> but no, the museum. <laughs> um one of the many, many things that we um, have really grappled with um, for that museum was how to show the hijackers and if to show them and how to show them. And um, it was just a, a very, very, very touchy subject. I, you know, and um, I had an idea and it didn't go through and um, the, I mean, the idea I liked the most and didn't go through. And then you know, three years later, I was talking with the woman who I was working for, and I said, by the way, you know, I still like my idea for the hijackers, and I told it to her, and she said, oh, yeah, actually, yeah, I wonder if we can do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> never done. Mm-hmm. Um, do I know when something's finished? Usually, it's because of a deadline or running out of time or whatever, time, time, time issue. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like you can always mm-hmm. futz with something. Did you feel that about your um, your book about the dream about the boss uh, in the water, or did you feel like? No, that's interesting. No, I didn't. I feel like all the I, well, not all those journals. I think that the going into those journals, you really had to keep in mind. I'm supposed to work on this for like a half hour mm-hmm. or an hour, and that's it. And you mm-hmm. like there's they should be in and out. And right. so I think that. Um, I really was able to mentally stay there. Yeah. Yeah. It told the story. Yeah. So when you finished that one, were you like, yeah, you feel, do you feel satisfied? Are you like, uh, yeah, I'm no, always going to be bugged that I should have done one more thing on this <laughs> thing or whatever. Yeah, no, I remember feeling like that told the story. Okay, and that's always the key for me as a telling the story, as yeah, communicating the story, right? Well, I guess to me, it's the difference between like, I mean, there's probably a question about could you do something else versus like, do you mm. feel like you should or mm-hmm. you need to? Yeah, because there's there's definitely both of those, mm-hmm. and very, you know, each project would be different. Mm-hmm. I mean, how about you? When you're writing music, do you? Always feel like you can do more, or do you feel like no, that's that's it? I think with depends. Um, with writing, I'm usually, I think I get more to the place where I'm like, yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. the song. Yeah, right. Um, the recording or production of it usually is the other way around. I'm usually like, I wish I could remix that or mm-hmm. fix that vocal or. Mm-hmm. That guitar sound wasn't quite what I was going for, or that I could use some horns, or you know, right? It's not always adding more stuff. It's it's more like just something. Oh, it's not quite. Yeah, refining. Yeah, it's not quite the way I'm hearing it or where I'm right. hoping for it. 
I think that there's also, I don't know if you have the same thing, there's just kind of creative exhaustion, too. I mean, there's a point sometimes where you just got to kind of cut bait. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, more ruminating isn't helping it, right. the outcome. Exactly. Um, what, what Do you listen to music when you go on your walks? Uh, often, yeah. What do you listen to? What do you like to listen to? Anything in particular or just whatever? Uh, whatever. Okay. I'll get stuck on something for a while, though. I'll, like, make a playlist, and then I'll be stuck on that playlist for literally months. <laughs> I get it. What? Do you, okay, so what's, like, what's the latest things that you're stuck on? Um, recently, I've been listening to um, a mix of stuff with, um, like, some Luscious Jackson and... Uh, Breeders, <laughs> that ilk. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'll and you know I always like my eighty stuff. Um, but then I'll suddenly like throw in a bunch of this like really crazy music from this Japanese video game okay. from the nineties that I'm really kind of crazy about. It's bananas stuff, but <laughs> I'll even put that. I have a. Um, by the way, here's me dating myself. I still call when I listen to something in my ears. It's a Walkman. Walkman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my Walkman. I have one that I can um, wear while I'm swimming. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'll even put the crazy Japanese stuff on that. It's great. <laughs> um, when you listen to music, are you... Are you able to listen to like sad songs and not feel sad? Do I do you do you match the music to your mood? How does Um you know, I don't really do that anymore. I feel like I used to. Mhm. Now I feel like I mean the mood is just do I want like am I up for dancey stuff or am mm-hmm. I up for something quieter? Mhm. It kind of is just that. Mhm. Not necessarily um you know, a particular mm-hmm. emotion. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like. Did you listen to music when you were growing up? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, not until I moved in with my aunt and uncle. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, he's a concert violinist, um, which, you know, as a kid, you don't really care <laughs> that much. But looking back, it was really lovely to have... Um, that in the house uh, regularly, Um, you know, and quartets and so on would come over and play practice, Mm -hmm. you know, and he practiced a lot. Um, He was, uh, well, he used to um, tour, um, but by the time I moved in, he was um, concertmaster at the Lyric. So, um, you know, we'd hear a lot of whatever opera was going yeah. on at the time. And yeah, that's really lovely. And then, you know, a lot of show tunes mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the house. Once I hit junior high, um, I was, uh, you know, I was big into listening to the music and MTV just started. Mm. And I was, yeah. Yeah. A couple of friends and I were glued to that MTV. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> I actually, um, for the uh, high school reunion, I came across, I thought, you know, in the background, we really should have like those old MTV videos playing. 
And uh, I found this guy had made and was selling, it was like 12 DVDs. It's like something like 72 hours of those old MTV. It's gold. I mean, it's like the, and it was something like $45. Like, this is the best $45 I'm ever spending in my life. <laughs> you know, that and the baby pool that I blow up pool I bought on the back porch. Also, best $40 mm-hmm. I spent in my life. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but that DVD, <laughs> like, I just want to sit here and watch this or DVDs. Um, yeah, it's great. Great stuff. That's pretty great. <laughs> um, so do you, are you like well-versed in opera or classical music as a result of the stuff you heard in the house? Um, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, some stuff I can recognize. Yeah. I, I mean, if he was, if it was a solo piece of his, I can recognize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, not really. So did you go to the opera yeah, a fair amount? We yeah, would, and not a fair amount, just a few times. Um, then when I got older, and they've been um, uh, season ticket holders um, for CSO for, I have 30 so or more years. Mm-hmm. So I've got killer seats. And um, when I was in my 20s and lived downtown, um, there would just be times that they couldn't make it, yeah. and they'd call me and say, "Hey, you want to take the tickets for tonight?" And I would always take them because that's that's a serious treat. <laughs> yeah, I every time I go, I'm like, "Oh, it's so it's great to listen to a recording, but it's nothing like being in the room with the air yeah. moving and the instruments right. happening. It's yeah, it's a different thing." You know what's always hilarious to me is in between movements, all the coughing that happens. <laughs> It's really. <laughs> it's got to be some psychological effect or something. Seriously, because like right? it's just like he's coughing that much. <clears throat> nobody needs to be right. coughing that much. I mean, it's like, <laughs> thank you for holding it in <laughs> during the piece. But I mean, as soon as it stops, it's just like hacking all over the place, That's and funny. it makes me laugh every time. I have to observe that <laughs> next time I go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like suddenly we've got like TB, <laughs> you know, sweeping uh, Chicago. That's right. <laughs> Doc Holiday presents. <laughs> uh, do you like going to see live music still? Do you go see stuff? Or? Not so much. I mean, as as I'm sure you can guess, my husband does. Mm-hmm. Um, and I encourage him to go. As, I mean, he loves seeing it. Yeah. He's got way more patience for it than I do, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't like the standing anymore and the crowd. And um, Yeah, I mean, there's some shows, of course, I'll absolutely want to go to, but I'm just not into the, like, going to see music, to see live music. Not, not like he or probably you do. Although I completely appreciate it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I absolutely get it, which, again, is why anytime he says, I'm thinking about seeing, uh, go, please. Right. Yeah. Um, are you a movies person? Yeah, huge movies person. Do you still go to the theater and see movies? Sadly, I really haven't gone so much yeah. in the last year or so. But um, but you like watching them? Oh, I love them. Yeah. I am. Um, I, uh, back when I was single, I went constantly um, I mean, when I lived downtown, um, I went all the time and I had like standing dates with people like, oh, we always do like a Sunday matinee or, um, I was part of a movie group for a while. And, uh, when that, um, like you would watch them and then discuss them. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, 
And uh, yeah, when that film festival came through, I mean, I was watching. <laughs> it's funny to think back to it now, but I mean, I'd go to like five in a day. I mean, I just I'd get the pass and go mm-hmm. to a million. And I loved it. Really mm-hmm. loved it. Um, I did my undergraduate was um, my major was um, film theory, which is basically like being an English major except watching movies instead yeah. of reading books and writing papers on them. Um, and I loved it. Loved it. Do you have favorite movies? Um, my favorite movies are uh, <laughs> always kind of embarrassing, given like my background that I should be. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I should be picking some like Italian neorealism. No, 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 or... no. Just what do you like? Yeah, when you think about. Like, I'm a huge fan of um, Anti Mame with Rosalind Russell. It's like a great Technicolor mm-hmm. thing, and she's just a hilarious character with a, just a stellar delivery. Okay, she's great. Um, for a while, Shawshank Redemption was high up for me. Um, when I'm put on the spot, I can never remember a single That's one. Okay. <laughs> um, I always feel like I again. I feel like I need to throw in some like more learned ones. No, I don't think so. Right? It's just what you like. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. There was one semester that I took a um, one of my classes was uh, just Ingmar Bergman okay. films the entire semester. <laughs> And it was in the fall, and I always thought it was so funny. To the, it was kind of either poorly or geniusly um, scheduled that way because, you know, as the semester's going on, and you know, it's like movie after movie about how there's no God and <laughs> it's all for nothing, and like it's getting colder and darker, and you know, by the end of the semester, you want to kill yourself. <laughs> but then it's Christmas, <laughs> right? <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so are you a planner in your life in general, do you think? Um, in big scheme planning? Either one. Big scheme, I wish I was more of a planner. That is where I feel like I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I throw out something, see if it sticks. I mean, I feel like I'm kind of slowly winding my way to a direction. Um, but day to day, absolutely hyper planner. Okay. Big on the lists. Okay. Love to cross the stuff off the list. <laughs> Love to organize. Like to have everything, you know. Okay. Do you make a list every morning or every night or something like that? Um, no. I'll hold on to one list for a few days and add to it. If I do something that I forgot to add to the list, I will add to, to the list in order to be able to cross it off. <laughs> That's the level of psychosis. Mm-hmm. I can do it. <laughs> um, but I find that if I am feeling scattered or stressed, I realize that it's because I don't I, like my head's just going too many directions. And um, this will sometimes happen even like while I'm like getting into bed and I'm thinking, like, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Oh, I need to do that. I'll grab, even in the dark, I'll just grab a piece of paper and write it all out and just writing it down on the paper. I can fall asleep easily. I'd like. Yeah, that makes total sense to me. Just knowing that I've captured it. And in the morning, it's like all scrawly and everything because I've written it in the dark. (laughs) But but it's still there. Yeah, I totally get it. So do you, what about on the scale of like, 
months or the year. So like you're a person who's like, okay, we're going to do this on a, a one weekend in August and we're going to do this in October and we're going to mm. do this. And then I want to finish this by November. You know, do you have that I think scale? I, um, or is it more? A little bit. I think that I, that's a goal. I would mm-hmm. love to, although by the same token, I also like to be spontaneous. So it would need to be, it would need to ride that line. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a little wiggle room. can this thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I do have like some overarching, but everything is so fluid and there's so many known unknowns. <laughs> Unknown knowns. I can't mm-hmm. remember the line. There's all of them. Yeah. Um, that's another good movie. I saw it. That's Lebowski. Um, I saw that in the theater. And I remember the scene where he <laughs> he's doing that North by Northwest thing where. He takes the pencil oh, and yeah. <laughs> I remember laughing so loud I could hear my laugh echo off the ceiling of the theater <laughs> because I, of course, knew North by Northwest uh, backwards and forwards. So, of course, I knew I was just like waiting for it to be a phone number or something. And when it was that, you know, they zigged when I thought they were going to zag. It's pretty funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, are you, do you are you a Lebowski fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Coen Brothers and I'm. Um, what's that first one? Um, well, not the first one, the second one. Um, Raising Arizona. Right. I actually showed it to Atticus the other night because I remember loving that for a long time, and uh, he laughed at a couple of things. Okay, but <laughs> yeah, big Coen Brothers fan. You ever think about like making a movie? Yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, that ever since I was in college for it. I've okay. been wanting to. And for, for a little bit after college, I was working as a PA, although not on any movies. Well, some small movies. Um, but I always wanted to make a documentary. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. That's okay. I yeah. was going to ask if you wanted to make a feature film or. Yeah, no. What would you want to do? You would want to kind of like direct and piece together a documentary or. Yeah. Like what facet of the work would you want to do? It's interesting. I mean, I actually just really love, love being on the set in general. I know a lot of people find it boring. Um, I really love it. Even in advertising when I was doing, was on photo shoots, I, I really, mm-hmm. I just love the ad- energy of putting something together. I, I don't find it boring at all. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know, for if a documentary... I don't know that I would necessarily, I don't know, you know, I guess I would sort of be riding the line almost like an art director, just a little bit of DP and a little bit of Mm -hmm. directing. Mm -hmm. But I also really like a smart team working together. So I, Mm -hmm. I would, I would want sort of that vibe. Like- More, I'd want to like have an idea of a question: What is the documentary about? And then mm-hmm. kind of see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Do you like, in general, do you prefer working by yourself on things, or do you like teamwork? Mm, I like both. Yeah, I definitely like. Yeah, I like on nine eleven the museum. Um, I, uh, 
I really loved working as part of a team and coming together um, mm-hmm. with so many different facets of, and I don't know, um, people's expertise in so many different areas. Um, it's just a cool um, energy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also really like just sort of taking something and being a workhorse and controlling and <laughs> and making it. I mean, I guess that was partly what was such a gift uh, about that job was that being the lead graphic designer and and soon in the only graphic designer um, they were giving the guy I was working for was giving me you know full reign to do mm-hmm. whatever I wanted so um, you know I want the reading rails to look like XYZ and let's do it like this and I'd work with the architectural designer and mm-hmm. so I mean I guess that sort of does both I mean it's a little yeah. working on my own and a little like coming together as a team to make it happen mm-hmm. I really like both things yeah it makes sense and I can't stand working with incompetent people. It makes me crazy. And, and I'll find myself just taking over and just doing stuff if I feel like it's not happening. If mm. it's not, yeah, if it's not coming together, I'll just, I'll just start doing stuff and propose it. Yeah. Sounds like you like, you want it to come out right and you care about yeah. the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I feel strongly about you know, putting good design out there. Do you have a favorite project that you've done? Um, I don't know that I do. I feel like there are pieces of all of them that were cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Clark Devon hardware store... The clock that I did, um, you know, that was my first job out of advertising as my first environmental job. Mm-hmm. And I went into that, and he wanted me to work on, the guy who I was working for wanted me to, you know, come up with this, land, they want a landmark clock. Like, I've never designed a clock. <laughs> I've never designed anything in 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of exciting for the first time to be working in exploring materiality um, and it was really exciting to see it come together and go to the fabricator and and then be there on the corner. And, and it's an actual physical see, thing. Yeah. yeah, and to pass it on a regular basis and say, I made that. <laughs> um, you know, 9-11, similarly, I mean, I'd never worked on anything nearly so big. Um, and uh, it was a huge, all-encompassing project for four years. And... Um, some of it was a total pain, of course, like any job. Um, but it was exciting to try to tell these people's stories. Mm-hmm. A lot of these people who died, mm-hmm. and um, and try to give it, you know, the gravitas that it deserved, but also have it be engaging. How mm-hmm. do you tell those stories? Yeah, um, in a museum space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean. You know, there's lots of stuff that I've worked on that I can be proud of and um, I liked pieces of. I don't know that I can pick out a favorite. Maybe it's to come. 
<laughs> Probably, right? I yeah. Mean, I think that's I hope so. not an uncommon feeling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Keep progressing. All right. If you could, what's one thing you want to do this summer? Hmm. <laughs> um. I mean, that's Big or small. out of it the. Be anything. Yeah. Well, I'll do my camp. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to get on the sprint. So you will be doing a camp, the aquatic camp, that yep. is, again, okay, yep. even though you're also doing the rowing. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, trying to get on the sprints team for the rowing sprints in Lincoln Park, the race in oh, July. Okay. Um, I would love to go somewhere. I'd really like to get out of town. Mm-hmm. I'd really love to take Atticus somewhere. He's really chomping at the bit to see the world. And I'd love to make that happen. I don't know that we can this summer. We'll mm-hmm. see. Um, I guess I just want to... My biggest thing is to both enjoy the summer. I feel like some summers don't feel like summer. Mm-hmm. And I want this summer to feel like a summer. And I feel like camp really helps that. It really does. Yeah. Uh, last summer we didn't do it because they changed it to a different night. And we couldn't do it. And I was really bummed, and it really made a difference. Um, so I wrote the guy. I talked to the guy at the end of the summer, and I wrote him. No, no, no. I just I talked to him at the end of the summer, and I said, you know, I, I um, we really wanted to do the camp, and it was, you know, you made it a night that we couldn't do it. And he said, oh, I thought I was doing you a solid by making it a Friday night and a Monday. And I'm like, no, those are like the worst days. <laughs> and so then he he actually wrote me a letter and in December and said, hey, I'm putting together a schedule. What night do you want it? Oh, that's great. Oh, nice. That's <laughs> Which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, and then on top of all of that, I, I really want to continue um, kind of carving this niche for my, I mean, I'm calling it a career for lack right. of a better word. I mean, I just want to sort of continue in a good trajectory for work and yeah. making stuff and not being worried about the future. I don't want to be hustling for logo jobs, <laughs> you know, when I'm 55 or 60. I want to be in a place that feels like, okay, this is, I've, I've made it to a place that may continue to evolve, but yeah, a good spot to kind of wade in for a while yeah get some good projects have some good projects come to me too <laughs> that'd be nice right <laughs> yeah right that'd be nice. yeah. all right we're gonna wrap up for now this okay. is great thank you for being on what else yeah Backy Backy. thanks for having me my pleasure all right bye <laughs>